Dave Miet Insurance is a full-service independent insurance agency since 1958, offering auto, home, life, health, business, and commercial policies, serving the East Bank, West Bank, North Shore, South Shore, and River Parishes. Dave Miet Insurance is your one-stop insurance specialist. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or DaveMietInsAgency.com. New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher, 106.1 FM on your radio dial, iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app, our digital platforms, free download for your smartphone or tablet, and then, of course, on the World Wide Web at NashFM1061.com and also EricAsher.com. Our social media platforms, join us there at Eric underscore Asher on X, formerly Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, 
Inside New Orleans show on Instagram and now on Threads. Our podcast is everywhere. Anchor, Spotify, our home base on all podcasting platforms. Search Inside New Orleans show with Eric Asher. And this week on the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports, we're going to feature Juan Kincaid, sports director over at Fox 8 Sports. He'll join us on the program. That is this Thursday and every Thursday at 1 o'clock on WLAE-TV, also live streaming on the WLAE-TV YouTube page. Uh, 6 p.m. on LAE is our first rebroadcast. Set your DVR for your favorite rebroadcast. You'll never miss the show. 10 o'clock on WLAE-TV on Thursday night. 10 o'clock, uh, also 9 o'clock on Pelican Sports Television. 10 o'clock on WLAE every thir- every Friday night, Saturday night. Um, Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on the on the do. Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. Sorry, something just came over the wire here. Brian e- Brian Edwards is no longer a saint. I will get into that in a little while as well. All right. Um, um, want to remind everybody again uh, about um, uh, uh, my friends over at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com, North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. If you're looking for a company you can trust with your air conditioning systems, folks, I'm telling you right now, over 100-degree temperatures. We were promised all this, you know, rain and everything. That Again, uh, the tropical event went to, went to uh, the, uh, the, the Texas-Mexico border, uh, and your AC has been working overtime. If you need help, you need emergency help, if you need a new system, uh, go with the company I've trusted for decades. It's Burkhardt. That's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. All right. Um, got uh, got a great guest list for you today. We've got uh, former LSU player Sean Burks Jr. of WLAE TV, who's been at LSU practices, uh, checking out the Tigers. He's going to join us at 4:15 to give us his synopsis on what he's seen so far uh, in 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 the uh, camp that just broke for the Tigers. Matty Hudak. Uh, uh, again, Saints uh, um, uh, from Saints Wire. Also, again, Tulane sideline reporter. She's got a fantastic blog. Uh, she's going to join us on the program at 4:35. Tulane had their scrimmage over the weekend, uh, and again, we'll get her take on where the where the wave is, and then we'll finish up with Les East of CrestedySports.com talking some Saints with him. Uh, Saints are practicing now. Um, so again, we won't really have any updates on what's happening there. Uh, Marcus May pleaded no contest to a 2021 DUI charge in Florida. Uh, the plea deal now includes six months probation, a suspended driver's license for six months, 50 hours of community service. And Catherine Terrell wrote that he can, he can buy his way out of that. I've never heard that before, but maybe he can pay a fine and get out of that. With that said, uh, the civil suit versus May by the driver of the car that he hit is ongoing. Uh, but now the NFL is, is going to have to rule on, on the length of his suspension. Okay, then we'll have to figure out what's going on. I'll remind everybody, this is his second arrest since he became, he became a New Orleans Saint. He was arrested in Jefferson Parish for a road rage incident in 2022. If you remember, he was accused of waving a gun at high school girls on A-Line Drive. Those charges were refused by the JPSO because of lack of evidence. Uh, I don't know if that's going to play into anything or not, but again, at the very least, uh, we might see him lose two, three games, much like Alvin Kamara could be the first three games of the season. Uh, I think that's going to happen pretty quickly with, again, the the, um, uh, the final preseason game this week and then, of course, uh, the season starting in, in a few weeks after that. So, uh, Marcus May probably out the first two to three games of the season. We'll get into that in a little in the second hour on what happens there. Saints have waived Brian Edwards, as I mentioned, wide receiver, a guy that a lot of people thought would make this team. Uh, again, when you look at the um, when you look at the offense right now, and you look at at, at the wide receiver position, uh, how he played this past weekend. Uh, Kirkwood again solidifying himself once again. At Perry coming on. Uh, you look at at Shaq Davis, what he did this weekend. Uh, what, what Bowden and Kirkland have been able to do in terms of returning punts and kicks, and also on the offensive end. Uh, 
Uh, Traquan Smith injured, but a guy that, they, again, they, like I said, they rarely get, get rid of uh, because of his blocking ability. There just wasn't a spot. Uh, again, they, they let him go early so that he could catch on with another team if possible. Brian Edwards cut today by the Saints. Saints have promoted uh, Kai Harley to, uh, the, the, uh, from vice president administration to vice president administration and have given him the assistant general manager's tag as well. Loomis continues as the executive vice president general manager of the New Orleans Saints. Jeff Ireland is still vice president assistant general manager uh, in charge of college personnel. And a guy that's done an excellent job in this offseason is Michael Parrington. Uh, he is director of pro personnel, and I talked a little bit about it yesterday. When you look at the additions in free agency, the late addition of a Jalen Smith, you really got to gotta like what you've seen out of, again, what they've done in the pro personnel uh, um, uh, part of this for the Saints. Now, again, I'm going to get into this in hour number two at about 515. There's still some holes on this team. Okay, I talked about it yesterday. The offensive line uh, backups, again, they belong in the XFL and the USFL. I mean, they're not NFL caliber. They're not. Maybe you could piecemeal them in there for a game or, you know, maybe. Okay. Uh, we still have to see something out of Peyton Turner here. Okay. Um, you know, uh, can he make a difference? Um, you look at, you know, I think Jalen Smith solidifies the, the, the linebacking core. Uh, May is going to be suspended. So what do you do there? You got Howden, Abram, Monday, Smoke Monday, that are all playing the uh, strong safety position for this team now as a backup. You certainly don't want JT Gray back there. I've said it before. Incredible special teams player, but again, he is a he is Ole. Okay, you got the cape out. Okay, uh, with with a bullfighter when, when when you put him back there to, to, to play uh, uh, play in the secondary. So there's a bit of a hole now. Uh, at the strong safety position with now Marcus May going to get the suspension for, for the DUI. But I'm going to get deeper into that uh, in the second hour uh, at 5.15. All right, with that said, um, let's talk some LSU. Uh, Tigers are poised for a great season. A lot of that has to do with Brian Kelly and what he's been able to do in building a foundation for this team in a very, very quick manner. Last year, again, what they did uh, with a lot of, lot, of, lot of people, myself included, not thinking that they would have the opportunity to win the SEC West. Uh, they did it. Uh, and, and, of course, again, um, uh, a team that did very well in the transfer portal, a team that did very well in recruiting, returning, again, a lot of starters. Uh, and... Um, the word is from those that I've spoken to uh, that um, LSU is is has uh, got a got a really good chance to challenge Alabama for the SEC West again, and uh, possibly Georgia for the SEC championship. So again, that's that's a long way off and a lot of games, but a guy that's had a chance to be able to see this up close and personal, also a former LSU Tiger player. So again, he gets access that even the media doesn't get. Uh, he is uh, sh- he is Sean Burst Jr of uh, WLAE-TV. Sean, welcome to the, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for your few minutes of your time today. Certainly appreciate it. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on. Sean, before we get started, tell the folks a little, a little bit about yourself. Again, when you played at LSU, uh, and then, then we'll kind of jump into, again, what you've seen in your time at practice. Yes, yeah, so I, uh, I was a two-time All-State football player, All-Metro MVP linebacker. Um, I got to LSU. They told me I was too slow, so they moved me to they moved me to the offensive side of the ball, and I played some fullback. And uh, my last year there was 2011, the rematch game against Alabama in the Superdome. The Superdome was my last game. 
All right, and and of course, uh, with with again that pedigree of being a former Tiger, you get some access that a lot of people don't get, even the media at times. Uh, you've had a chance to be able to see this team. First of all, talk, talk about the team as a whole. Um, a lot of people, myself included, feel like there's a there's been some upgrade in talent from last year to this year with Brian Kelly in his second year. What have you seen? Yeah, so Kelly actually did an interview. I think it was last week, and he made an interesting comment. And he said, this team doesn't have five first-round draft picks, and which kind of surprised me. But when I went to practice, I saw, I saw quickly what he meant, because first-round draft picks are about, are about projection, not production. And it's about do you have this elite combination of height, weight, speed, length. And in a lot of positions that you're used to seeing LSU have that, especially defensive back, running back, wide receiver, you don't have it to the level that I think – some fans expect, and that's why that's why Kelly warned us this summer that we're not at one to eighty-five, you know, at the level of a, a Georgia and Alabama, Ohio State. But with with that being said, what I think you lack in elite in elite projections, I think you're going to have elite production. You know, you're going to get you're going to get a transfer player with four years of starts in Omar Space. You're going to have a quarterback that's already started four years of college football. You're going to have you do have first round. You do have a first-round wide receiver. You have cornerbacks that are experienced. So while I don't think this team is is as talented, or actually I don't think they're nearly as talented as the 2019 team, I think it's different because they're going to be an experienced, they're going to be a very experienced, very aware team. I think it's going to be a mature football team, which I think ultimately, you know, I think they're going to go as far as the quarterback mm-hmm. takes them. And so I'm, I'm excited about this season. Uh, Sean Burst Jr., former LSU uh, Tiger, and, and again, uh, uh, correspondent for, for WLAE-TV is with us. Sean, it starts up front, offense, defensive lines. Uh, offensive line, again, a lot of people like what they have there. What have you seen in your time though, uh, in watching practice? So I think Will Campbell might be the best left tackle in college football. I think he looks like a star. He's one of those guys on the team that does have the elite traits of you know the combination of height, weight, speed, and I think – I think the combination of him and the right tackle, Emory Jones, uh, Gary Dellinger, I think is an NFL guy. I think the right the right guard Frazier has a chance to play in the NFL. I think if they're not if they're not one, they're going to be one or two in the SEC with the top offensive line. On the defensive front, I, I think it's again the same the same tune. That's probably they're mm-hmm. competing against each other as the best unit on the team. Period. And when I look at the defensive line. We can start with Mason Smith, who's going to return from injury, who right. he has top top 10, top 15 draft potential. He hasn't played a lot because he's been injured. He was injured part of his freshman year. He was injured, obviously, all of, all of last season, getting injured in that Florida State game. But I'll tell you that he's got some dust to, and some rust to knock off, but he'll get back into form. Maybe not for the Florida State game. I wouldn't expect him to have a big impact the first couple games of the season, but as the season plays out, I think he's going to have a really big impact and have a big year and wind up being a high draft pick. A guy that people might not be talking about is Savion Jones. Savion Jones came out of high school, um, went to East St. John, 6'6". He was 240 pounds in high school, ran a 4'6". He's 6'6", 288 pounds now. And he's lost a step or two from a speed perspective, but he's a versatile guy. They can play him inside. They can play him outside. And he's going to give – Matt House is a very creative coach, and he likes to, he likes to disguise – guys his fronts and move guys around he's the perfect puzzle piece to be able to move around obviously you have Makai Wingo a returning all-american 
And they've added they added a lot of transfer pieces. A guy that I really like that has great feet is Jordan Jefferson, number ninety nine. I think you're going to see him a lot. And um, and the edge rushers, you don't have the edge rushers of of the past that are real explosive mm-hmm. that are going to be first or second round draft picks. But you have technicians, mature players who are who are big. They're going to be strong headed. Number two is is going to be the starter, Obi Agofu. And but yeah, I'm, I was really impressed on both sides of the. That's going to be the strength of the team. Sean, how deep do they go with the defensive line? You know he's gonna be, the house is going to be rotating guys a lot. Uh, again, there's a lot of transfers, unknown names to a lot of Tiger fans out there. How deep do you feel they are? I feel like, so the 11 team, we played, we played 10 defensive linemen, and I think this team's going to be the, the same way. I think in, you know, you're going to have Smith, Wingo, Guillory, uh, Jordan Jefferson, um, and then there's there's Fitzgerald West, Jalen Lee. Those are all guys who are just playing two spots that I think all have a shot to play. And then you have Savion Jones, Paris Shan, who's an Arizona transfer, who he he missed the early part of camp, but he's come on late and he looks really good. Him and Quincy Wiggins are battling for, you know, just to put it in layman's terms, it's the big end spot. So it's a spot on the they line up over the tackle, but it's the bigger guy versus the they have a smaller guy that lads up the other tackle. So I think I think they got a shot to play eight guys uh just in in three or four spots, maybe ten guys in three or four spots. And so I think you know, last year that was the Achilles heel. Makai Wingo played ninety percent of our snaps, which led mm-hmm. the country by a mile. That's not gonna happen this year. There's gonna be plenty of you know, which hurts you that's why the, the Texas A&M game, everybody woke up and said, what happened? How did we lose this game like this? And it's because everybody's legs were shot by the end of the season, especially on the front seven. Uh, Sean Burst, Jr., uh, WLA-TV, former, former LSU Tiger with us. Sean, the, the big question mark is the cornerback position. Uh, Zy Alexander was incredible last year for Southeastern. A lot of people believe he can make the jump to the SEC. you got uh, Deuce Chestnut, who again comes over from Syracuse. Got a lot of guys there, including again uh, Ashton uh, uh, Stamps, the kid out of Rummel. Uh, a lot of guys in the mix there. Uh, most people think, again, that this is not DBU or the past. This is a, this is a transition year for, for that position. What have you seen so far? Yeah, I'll tell you that that's the thing that I walked away kind of scratching my head the most is if if we lose one of those guys, it could it could start going downhill fast at the quarterback position. And it's that's the one position on the field that it can become difficult to hide. Just cuz you have to against these great SEC offenses and quarterbacks and receivers, you have to line up and play man coverage at least sometimes. And so I do think Zy Alexander, I'll just the word I want to put in everybody's mind is these guys are limited. This is Derek Stingley was a once in a lifetime athlete. Uh, you even looked at the guy who transferred. Eli Ricks was an incredible mm-hmm. long athlete who transferred to Alabama. Right. You know, it's we don't have those guys. We don't have we don't have the four three guy. I mean, Zy Alexander is the he looks like a pterodactyl. He's six four. His mm-hmm. his arms, I mean, are just his wingspan's got to be even taller than that. And when he gets his hands on you, you're in trouble. So I like that, that he's going to be able to play bump and run, that he's in zone coverage and cover two. He's going to be able to run up in guys' face. And and he also covers a lot of ground with being that size. Deuce Chestnut and Ashton Samps, the, they're both they're scrappy, they're scrappy smaller corners. Again, mm-hmm. they're both limited athletically, and you saw that in the one-on-ones on practice, is on multiple occasions they were getting beat on go routes. But in closer quarters – they're going to compete, and 
and they're going to go after the ball. They both play the ball well in the air. So I think I think as long as those guys stay healthy, I think they're going to be fine. Also, they're going to be creative from a pass rush perspective, which I think is going to yes. ultimately help out. That's the secondary's best friend is a good pass rush, especially an interior mm-hmm. pass rush, which we're going to so have. a sleeper you saw at cornerback that maybe could emerge throughout, the, again, with maybe some experience through the season? Yeah, I mean, I think I think he was a sleeper three weeks ago, but he's not anymore. But Ashton Stamps, you know, they're trying. Yep. the The last scrimmage in fall camp, there's a lot of headlines that that are taken away from that when the media and players go. But what they're mm-hmm. doing is, you know, Sage Ryan played outside cornerback, which right five star prospect. He's a junior. He's kind of been a disappointment so far in his LSU career, and. They're trying him on outside corner. I think they're hoping he could develop into that role and be a more depth piece. So maybe that's somebody to watch. He did get injured in the scrimmage, so I don't. I, we don't. We haven't got an update from Brian Kelly on what the severity of that is. But that's someone that I expect to play the outside. And I'll just say Andre Sam. And again, he's not a sleeper anymore. But I think Andre Sam, Major Burns are going to be the two starting safeties, and I think Greg. Greg Brooks is actually going to start at the third corner, or, or we call it the okay. nickel position. Right. And so I think, I think that's going to be – Andre Sam is going to be a great player. Talk about the running back position. You mentioned, again, there's not that you know, uh, bona fide number one pick yet. they got some pretty good young players, again, in the stable. And, they, again, going from last year to this year, there's definitely more depth than what they've seen in the past. Yeah, I mean – Eight running backs on the roster, which is crazy. I mean, we had a lot of running backs when I played. We had six. And so I think, I think it's going to be a running back by committee. But I can tell you that if, if Caleb Jackson can figure out the offense, if he can catch the ball a little more consistently, if he can figure out, if he can get under control, you know, protecting the football, he's, he's the next guy. I mean, he's got as much potential as I've seen in an LSU running back since probably Leonard Fournette. And so I think, but early in the season, I wouldn't expect him to see a whole lot of touches. Mm-hmm. I do think they're going to ease him in. You, know, you have you have Josh Williams, the re, the returning rusher from last year. Right. Uh, Logan Diggs, the transfer from Notre Dame, is a really good mm-hmm. football player. Somebody who knows Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly trust, and um, Armani Goodwin, which a lot of people forgot about, but he's a good player. He's put on some size. He looks he looks good. Now the three guys that is mentioned, I think that's the top three running backs, and all three of those guys were running sprints and and doing agility drills, and so they were doing a non-contact contact practice. It's, it's encouraging that they're running because that means it's, it, it's probably soft tissue or you know, or maybe a non-structural joint injury. That's what I would guess. But they were not, they were not participating in contact drills during the scrimmage. But that's Sean, the top um, running backs. Okay. Sean, you, uh, obviously you, you played at LSU. You've been in that locker room. You've been through fall camp. You've been through the dog days of summer. Um, talk about Brian Kelly and the way he coaches this team. His de- how, uh, again, his demands on on discipline. Also, again, um, uh, making sure that again you're accountable. I mean, there seems to be a sea change at LSU with him coming in. You see this firsthand because you've been there. Talk about it. Yeah. So, I'll say this. You know, my dad played college football at Tulane too, and we walked away from that practice just from an organization standpoint. Brian Kelly's practice in comparison to other college practices that I've been around or been a part of, it's just a symphony of, of efficiency and productivity. I mean, they're guys are constantly moving. They're mirroring drills, which means, you know, if they have six guys that need to do a drill, 
they're doing three on this side and three on this side, and they're constantly going. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, they get they get more done in an hour and a half than we would get done in two and a half hours when I practice with less miles. So that's that's really encouraging and exciting, just how efficient efficient he is and organized, and and that's kind of that's what he's known for, just being a very organized in everything he does. But I'll tell you that every great team that I've ever been a part of, from you know. I, I went to John Curtis uh, all the way up until my freshman year of high school. I practiced with varsity, so I knew what a state championship team looked like there. We had good teams at the high school I went to next. And obviously at LSU, we, we you know won an SEC championship, lost to national championship. But every great team I've ever been a part of was player-led. And one of my favorite things that Kelly does is Kelly has this system, um, you know, an accountability system to help incur- encourage player leadership and players to – players to address their teammates and Nick Saban always says this but the sign of a great leader is that you're respected not liked and so I hope I you know it's hard to tell from what's going on whether that's come out or not early reports from summer was that some of the bigger name players were you know weren't stepping up and you know and and they wanted to be liked and and they weren't holding guys accountable but I think Kelly I think Kelly with his with his drill and structure has nipped that in the butt and hopefully hopefully it shows up this season final question for you um how do you feel about this team i mean again as, as we opened up the show i talked about again a lot of people believe they're going to contend for the sec west possibly for the sec championship they could be in a new Year's six bowl game based on what you've seen in this offseason preparing for the season what do you think yeah so i think if we get the Jaden daniels you know, obviously, Jaden Daniels had 81 yards passing and 300 and something yards passing in a game last year. I think if we get the medium, Jaden Daniels or above, and you know, and and that we stay healthy at cornerback, I think this team can go can go pretty far. You know, college. I think college football playoffs, national championship expectations aren't off the table at all. But I think those two things need to happen. But the pieces, the pieces are there. I mean, I think they have a lot of experience. Again, you just have to – they're just razor thin at cornerback, and it makes me, it makes me a little nervous in that spot. Yeah. But I'm excited Sean, about thank- I, I would – Go ahead. I'm sorry. Please, finish if, your thought, please. If I had to bet on it, I would say they're going to go 11-1 and one and make the SEC championship game. And I actually would pick – you know, everybody's, everybody's game they pick for them to lose is, is in mm-hmm. Alabama. But I think they're going to – I think it's more likely they slip up to an Ole Miss or an Auburn, you know, a creative head coach that can really stress right. our cornerbacks. And so those two games make me more nervous than the Alabama game this year. Time will tell whether that's going to be the case yeah. or not, but that's just that's my early season thoughts. Great analysis today, again, by Sean Burst, Jr. of WLAE-TV, former LSU Tiger. You can follow him on X, formerly Twitter, at, at S-H-A-W-N-B-U-R-S-T, Jr., so at Sean Burst, Jr. And, Sean, we thank you for your time today, and we'd like to come back to you again throughout the season and get your take. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. There he goes. Again, Sean Burst Jr., again, former Tiger with WLAE-TV. All right, don't forget about my friends over at uh, Southern Tire, Hickory and Airline in Metairie, uh, North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the sound of my voice and your car is out of warranty, okay, in other words, you don't have to go back to the dealership anymore. You've got you to you take care of that vehicle yourself. 
bring it on over to Southern Tire. Uh, first of all, owned by the Piazza family since 1972. 51 years of taking care of New Orleanians' vehicles. Uh, a member of the Piazza family on staff every day, Tony Sr., Tony Jr., Tony's daughter Jen, or, or Tony's wife. So, again, you're always going to have a Piazza family member there. ASC certified technicians uh, that in some cases have been with Southern Tire for decades. If you're a regular customer like myself, you know these guys by name. Uh, again, the, the latest diagnostic equipment you can get on the market uh, to be able to keep your vehicle on the road. Same diagnostic equipment you get at the dealership. Southern Tire has it all and even more diagnostic equipment. Then you want to talk about tires. Are you kidding me? You're talking about all the major brands. You're talking about, again, wheels and tires up to 30 inches. Uh, and you're also talking about, again, financing available. You can also, again, have your rims repaired or get a, or get a new set of rims. Uh, and, of course, you got that, that, that touch that you get from our friends over at Southern Tire. Again, the, the, the Piazza family, making sure their customers are taken care of. They're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6. They have Saturday service because, you know, look, so a lot of times Saturday is the only day you can get out to get your car serviced, right? 8 to 3. 504-737-1558 is the phone number. SouthernTire.com is the website. Check it out for, again, all their great sales on their tires and, of course, all the service they offer for their customers. Owned by the Piazza family since 1972. It's Southern Tire, Hickory Airline in Metairie. I'm Ken Trahan. And I'm Jude Young. We'll have comprehensive coverage of high school, college, and the pros. Plus, we give you a voice to speak your mind. It's entertainment. It's information. It's all that you could want. And it's right here on 1061 Nash Icon. Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Following Inside New Orleans on 1061 Nash Icon. Country for life. This report is sponsored by Indeed.com. Fall into autumn hiring with Indeed. Their all-in-one solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. Sponsor a job and immediately get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Good afternoon. What we have is a lot of traffic right now. Eastbound I-10 flyover to the high rise taking uh, 14 minutes, an 8-minute delay. Uh, looks like eastbound 610 from the split in Metairie across the high rise. 17 minutes right now. Uh, westbound I-10, report of an accident at I-610. Uh, westbound I-10 downtown to Kenner has taken about 19 minutes. So your delay is about five minutes. Mercedes Boulevard to Gallatin Street, a crash. Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory. 467 Hickory Avenue, open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at bienvenueharahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. 
Sports Beat is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring two, count them, two steak nights. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice filets. Friday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice ribeyes. Private room available. Sports Beat is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sports Beat Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, delicious food, friendly staff, and all the sports you can handle. Hi, Eric Asher, once again, talking about my friends at Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating. This is the time of year where you want to feel comfortable, and Burkhart wants you and your family to be safe. That's why they asked me to talk about Generac Automatic Standby Generators. When the power goes out, a Generac generator from Burkhart will keep the lights on, your refrigerator on, air conditioning. It's all up and running instantly. So next time the storm hits, don't be left in the dark. Talk to Burkhart about a Generac generator. Visit acpromise.com, that's acpromise.com, and tell them Eric sent you. Hi, Eric Asher. I'm here with my good friend Mike Delahousie of the TikTok Cafe. Hey, Eric, 17 years later, we're still open 24-7. Yeah, your sign ought to read, sorry, we're open. Come on, man, 24 hours a day? You know how tough that is? That's a real service to the community. Yeah, the Poison Control Center is open 24 hours, too. Uh, the TikTok Cafe, where the gluten is always free. Intersection of I-10 and Causeway, also known as the intersection of salmonella and high cholesterol. Don't let this happen to your largest investment. Call DA Exterminating now. We're ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. I am your host, Eric Asher. Thanks to uh, Sean Burst Jr. talking a little LSU football. Former LSU player now with WLAE-TV. Now, again, we head to the um, to the guest line. Joining us on the program, a regular contributor to our show. She does a fantastic job. Have you checked out her uh, podcast, uh, Before the Whistle? you got to check it out. Fantastic podcast. She writes for Saints Wire, sideline, re- sideline reporter for the Green Wave, and, and of course, uh, does a great job covering the Saints as well. Uh, Maddie Hudak joins us on the program. Maddie, how are you today? I'm doing well. It's a good day to have uh, the sun shining outside in New Orleans. Yeah, as long as you're in the air conditioning, right? <laughs> <laughs> With the 100 degree temps. Yeah, and tomorrow yeah. is supposed to be some record day. Yeah, they're going to so. be bad. It's going to be bad for the next couple of days, no doubt. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you, uh, again, uh, Tulane had their, had their scrimmage over the weekend, um, and uh, I wanted to get your take on what you saw. And uh, specifically, again, we could jump into some positions as well. But overall, how do you think this team has done in camp? And how do you think, again, now, again, as, as it kind of co- culminates now with, uh, with, with, it, with, the, uh, with a little of that scrimmage, how do, you, how do you think they looked in the scrimmage? Uh, in terms of how they looked at camp, I kind of think back to the 2021 offseason for the Saints where, you know, with all the turnover going on uh, with that quarterback competition, it didn't feel that different. And I really thought that that was a testament to – the culture that the Saints have really built under Sean Payton, and it just unfortunately was at the biggest important position, was one that they weren't able to solve that season. But Tulane has had now you know, a steady answer at, the, at quarterback for several seasons running now. Just to have that stability and consistency, I think, really matters in setting the tone on that side of the ball. But I think what you're seeing on the defensive side is just, just this kind of hungry mentality of knowing what the team was like last year and these new players all having an opportunity to continue that legacy on, I think it's an exciting challenge and you've seen the intensity really ramp up in practice and the standard just really be 
you know, little to no room for error, you know, players getting corrected on things after practice, and it kind of feels like the training wheels have fully been taken off. Uh, and then in the scrimmage, I, I will always say that I only take so much stock out of scrimmages yes. and that you really do need to get some game action, but for all of the scrimmages I've seen as a sideline reporter, it never really felt like the offense won the day, at least in the passing game, and I felt like this was really the first Saturday where that felt different, and I think you're just seeing these connections uh, with guys like Lawrence Keyes really coming out, and just that chemistry and consistency that these guys have now had with Michael Pratt under center, and really just how good of a quarterback he is, so to actually see some movement in the air and you know be running for a relatively large portion of it uh, as a result of that, and it wasn't because of blown coverage or anything, it's just good competitive football on both sides. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this team. You know, I, I, yes, Michael Pratt's a given. They have some really, really good skill position players. I think people are going to be surprised by, again, how good they are at the running back position. But, you know, football is played up front. And I think the reason why you can be optimistic about this two-lane season is because, again, the offense and defensive lines, what they have returning, and, again, how, how, how much better these players have gotten uh, under the coaching at Tulane. You've seen this up close and personal. You tell us what you've seen on the offensive defensive line so far in camp. I 100% agree with the sentiment that it really starts and ends at the O-line. And just look at the, the Tulane 2-10 two season – it was not good O-line play, and you know Michael Pratt was under duress for a large portion of the time. The run game struggled. Everything is just out of sorts, and it really just – a good O-line allows you to do what Tulane did last year, and a bad O-line gets you not that many wins. And so having four of the five you know, returning starters come back at this point, just seeing you know the attention to detail and how much other coaches, including head coach Willie Fritz, talk about wanting to sit in Dan Roshar's meeting just to, to learn – and just see how much, again, just detail he brings to the room. Uh, talking with Sincere Hainsworth, you know, without, you know, wanting to d- discredit past coaches, he just said it felt, again, like such a great experience under Coach Roshar. And I think what a lot of it comes down to is really that strength and conditioning that you're really starting to see. You saw the dividends last season, but I think you're really starting to see it in guys that have been in this program now under Kurt Hester for two seasons. And that translates to the, to the trenches just as much. Uh, just having Adonis Freelu be able to come back and have that true nose tech tackle in him, that to me has just been such a point of emphasis in how deep they are on the trenches because a, a lot of those guys that saw meaningful playing time last year, guys like Devin Deal come to mind. They're now, you know, they have contributed significant amount and were playmakers last season and now have that experience under their belt. And it's just been really good aggressive one-on-one battles that have gotten relatively physical in camp. You know, I want to give you a little credit here because you were all over Kurt Hester last year, even when in the infant stages of, of him being there, right? So, and we have seen a difference in the conditioning and, and of course, uh, the strength of these, of these Tulane players. It's been a learning experience for me and just how important that is, especially when you're a G5 program looking to compete against SEC schools. You just go back to that old Miss game in 2021, I mean, all of the extraneous circumstances have to be mentioned, the hurricane, the lack of strength and conditioning that was able to be, you know, done as a result of that. But it just looked like they got bullied on the line on both sides. And for them to be able to play what they refer to as big boy football in Kansas State in week three, I think that's really where you start to see it. But just hearing how much all of the players, how much Kurt Hester means to them. And he came in, you know, with this idea of brotherhood in that offseason. And they're really the ones that set the tone for this brotherhood and belief in a conference championship, but also just covering Tulane's pro day and seeing the amount of personal bests that these guys had 
what Nick Anderson was able to accomplish in his broad and his vertical, Shay Wyatt and his vertical, a ton of these guys in their 40, I mean, that's, you know, not only helping them win football games, it's helping them now get to the next level and get to the pros. And it's not lost on me that every time there are scouts there, which I do just want to point out that Willie Fritz mentioned today that all 32 NFL teams have already sent scouts down to Tulane. And, and thinking back, it's pro- it's really easy to come up with that, but that's really impressive. But every day they're always there talking with Kurt Hester. And so I think that just goes to show really how important he's been to this program. But yeah, Kansas State was really all I needed to see in the tackling and the functional ability of these guys. They were just pound for pound you know, bullying Kansas State. Sideline reporter for the Tulane Green Wave, also host of Before the Whistle podcast. Uh, Matty Hudak is with us. Matty, um, a lot of people won't, are, 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 are worried because, again, Tajay Spears is now a Tennessee Titan. Uh, uh, I think this is going to be uh, a room that's going to surprise some people. Uh, Arnold Barnes was a really good high school player here in New Orleans, uh, as was uh, Shoddy Clayton uh, Johnson. Uh, you got got some um, transfer transfer coming in as well. You've had a chance to see these backs now in practice, in scrimmages. Who's emerging as, as, as again, maybe the guy that's going to get the most carries or, again, will be in the mix to be able to share carries? I'll just continue to be honest. To me, it's really not that clear yet. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think it's probably the position that benefits from real game action the most because you're not really tackling guys. You see a little bit in the NFL in preseason, and when they go and have these joint practices, places where you can see them actually get you know, meaningful reps against opponents that are genuinely trying to take them down. It's so hard for me to tell in that kind of setting. And, you know, you know enough about Iverson, Celestine, and Shoddy Clayton Johnson, but that's 50% of the room. You don't know enough about, you know, freshmen where, to me, you just can't coach a body type. And he has a body type that, to me, is really rare in the way that he is built just with such a lower body and the quickness that he has. You can, that's, that's all traits that are just, you know, athletic ability. So he only stands to go up from that. But to me, Chedra Lewis has really come in late, but he is kind of a dark horse candidate. He just has like really good sense of quickness and, and vision back there. And I'm really intrigued to see them all kind of take some action out there in week one. I, you know, I think Shoddy Clayton has kind of put himself in that first role. But you know, Tajay, just to also say, had a slower start to the season last year. And sometimes all it takes is just that one game for it to click. And so you might see that happen in week one. You might see it happen in week four. But to have the depth that they have, I just heard, you know, I have friends that cover the Florida Gators and talking about Cam Carroll, who unfortunately is his season is over, transferred from Tulane after he had some injuries at running back there. And now they're kind of looking at their depth chart with some concern. So it just goes to show how important depth is at that role. And yeah. again, it's just not, a, you know, as much as you really talk about quarterback competitions when you come across a player like Tajay. And just to mention how cool it is to see him already making plays and succeeding mm-hmm. in the NFL. Torian Williams as well, you know, leading the Bills and tackles both times, but it was just not that easy to find someone exactly like Tajay Spears, but Tulane's always had really good depth in that running back room, and, and they did behind Tajay as well, and I just think that, you know, they're, you're going to see more of a running back by committee, but how that committee is going to be kind of lined up, it's still kind of open for the taking. Matty, if there is a concern on this team, position of concern, where maybe the depth's not where it needs to be, or again, maybe the starters aren't where they need to be, what would it be, if there is one, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, if I had to give one, I, I might say just you know, safety and shaping out that secondary. I just think about you know how Jaden Kennedy really excelled at nickel, but then they put him at cornerback because that was a position of need, and he did extremely well there. And then you had Macon Clark moving over from, I believe, safety, 
to that nickel role. And he initially, I remember, struggled because it's a completely different position playing slot cornerback than it is playing safety. Um, and so I'm also kind of curious to see when they start switching these guys around if someone will kind of emerge there. But you know, you're so strong in Lance Robinson and Darius Monroe, and you have the experience there with DJ Douglas and Billy Despaini. Just the fact that they, you know, haven't been the starters for the last few seasons. And then again, just some unknowns and guys like Darius Swanson. I, th- I thought that Kevin Adams is a, a true freshman that's shown some promise. Uh, the good thing is that Nickel was probably where I would have been going with that statement before Cam Pettislow came in and has really just locked down that role entirely. And there's been a few reps where he's kind of switched back into coverage at safety. So I'm really intrigued by the coaching. And I think that, you know, what Shield Witt has really brought and the personnel that he's working with this season, it just works really well with what they're trying to do. And I, I really expect his defense to come out with a roar. And so, you know, it's a very muted level of concern. It's more so just kind of, again, you got to kind of wait and see. And, and good thing they have a meaningful opponent in South Alabama in week one. You know, I think that that UMass Alcorn State lead up to Kansas State helped the team last year, but I think it's going to really be important for, you know, these, these players and the conference to see what they're made of, and they get that, I think, out of their week one opponent and week two. Talking to a, um, a longtime Tulane fan the other day, and obviously very excited about this upcoming season, but concerned about the fact that maybe, again, Tulane uh, maybe looking, may have a little bit of the big head, maybe overlooking opponents. Look, uh, Willie Fritz is one of the best coaches in college football, one of the best coaches in the history of Tulane. What are, your, what are you hearing, what are you seeing on, on campus right now in, in terms of, again, the confidence with this team, but also understanding that, again, this is going to be a tough schedule out the box? To me, it feels exactly how it did during the championship week. And I say that because there was so much outside noise going on that week with Willie right. Fritz and the Georgia Tech rumors and you know all these meetings that were being rumored and what have you, but every day at practice was absolutely no different. And they were just so focused on the goal in front of them. And I feel very similarly about that right now. And like I said, I think when you have a lot of guys that are coming in and they're new, but talking to them at media day, hearing them say that they see this legacy being built here and that there's a reason that this program is winning and they want to be a part of it, to me, that's guys that are not taking a moment for granted. And all you hear them do is talk about 1-0 South Alabama yeah, you know, they're already they're, they're working on their insults for that game. And, and, and like you said, I, I'll always point back to Willie Fritz's leadership. It always starts at the top for me, but they, they've weathered at this point so many storms over the last two seasons that I've seen them go through and, and really just have that come down from Willie Fritz at the top is just definitely not lost on me. But I think all these players, too, learned that lesson after the Kansas State win last year when they overlooked Southern Miss. They're not going to make that mistake right out of the gate. And I think they know, again, kind of the expectations – that are writing on this, if anything else, I'll say that the training wheels have really, if nothing else, been kind of taken off on the coaching staff. I've said that there's probably a necessary level of emotional management that had to go on, at least at this time last year, because you're ultimately mm-hmm. coaching guys that at that point won two games and won against an FBS opponent the year prior to that. This year, you're talking to a 12-win team, and I saw Willie Fritz pull aside a few position groups today and tell them that they needed to be better tomorrow. So they're absolutely not kind of coasting into this season. They're really not letting anything slide at any time. 
expectations are high for the Green Wave this year. Again, with especially with the defections from the conference. You know, I've seen some that that, that have Tulane in a New Year's Six Bowl. Some that have UTSA. Uh, with that said, uh, Tulane coming out the box is a tough schedule. But you gotta like the experience. You gotta like the coach staff. You mentioned they got two former Saint coaches on on, on that staff now. Rousher having a pro coach uh, uh, coaching your offensive line. Uh, I just feel there's really good things ahead for Tulane this season. Oh, 100%. And then, I mean, if you want to get really nitpicky, you look at that Southern Miss loss. That was completely, you know, that game was lost by all three phases of the game, but it, it was a three-point loss. It saw a block punt, a block field goal, and a missed field goal. So that's easily you make one of those two field goals, you go to overtime kind of thing. You know, you're talking hypotheticals here, but it just goes to show how important special teams is. And if you want to look at the other example, you can look at USC, who did not have a special teams coordinator, and you can see how that turned out for them at the end of that game. Meanwhile, you look at the returns that Lawrence Keyes had in the Cotton Bowl, and that's kind of almost been flipped under the radar at how well he, he set them up in field position for a lot of their drives to be able to come back. So, you know, to upgrade at those roles that I think a lot of teams don't even have a coach for uh, just goes to show, again, just again, the level of detail, just the coaches that have been brought in and really, really finding these guys that you know, want to come coach in New Orleans, uh, coach at Tulane, and it really does feel like something special is being built on the heels of last season in a way that doesn't feel like a flash in the pan, but it also doesn't feel you know, overly confident like mm-hmm. these guys are out there talking about making the college football playoffs or anything. It really is just it's an impressive level of focus and, and on a singular goal at that. I think the city feels the vibe. Uh, I think everybody anybody that's paying attention to what's going on at Tulane is feeling that vibe right now. Hopefully, again, that will come to fruition with another great season. Matty, thanks for your time as always. Tell the folks about your, your, your fantastic podcast, where they catch all your great writing, and, of course, obviously, again, the, the sideline reporter for the Green Wave. Of course, yeah, we will be starting back at September 2nd at 7 o'clock p.m., I believe, at 104.1 FM for that radio broadcast with our uh, coverage always starting an hour prior, so that'll be at 6 p.m. Uh, before the whistle, it's been a really good place to kind of break down Tulane. I looked at some Saints film again today. That's on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Uh, yeah, that's all three of them. And then, uh, as always, Matty Hudak underscore 94 on Twitter is where I post my writing from USA Today's Saints Wire and links to pretty much all of my work. Thanks so much for your time, as always. We'll check in with you next week. Sounds great. Thanks, Eric. Matty Hudak with us again, uh, Tulane Silent Reporter. And you got to check out the uh, podcast. Ho- uh, again, she's the host of Before the Whistle podcast. Check that out for sure. Hey, don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating Generator Sales and Service. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'll continue to preach it. Uh, the, one, uh, the best invest- investment I've made at my home, period, the end. The best investment. Um, I never worry about the power going out now. Uh, you know, and we've had a lot of power outages in my neighborhood. You know, we had energy working on the poles out here in, in, in Metairie for like three months. And then we had, the, you know, the first rainstorm that came through last week. And, of course, we were out of, out of power for five hours. Uh, the, the generator kicked in. We were doing our radio show when the power kicked off, okay? So I was still able to continue to do the radio show. My wife was continue, could continue to work from home. I mean, there's so many reasons why today, if you own a home or you own a business, the prerequisite to that is you have to have a standby generator that is there, again, ready to go when the power goes out. Generac leads the league. There's no doubt about it. One of the, 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 the absolute best out there when it, comes to, when it comes to generators. And, of course, Burkhart 
Well, their reputation precedes themselves. Again, their generator team is, uh, again, um, is, is fantastic. Uh, they handle everything for you, planning, permits, inspections. Uh, they'll give you a, they'll give you a, a single-day install. Also, again, folks, don't forget also about um, emergency service available for you, maintenance service available for you, and thus they got all the parts you need that are stored right there in their warehouse for you. So there are no excuses. If you need, if your 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 if your generator breaks down, they'll get you up and running. And then, of course, the ability to finance that over time, that new install quality check, you know, all the little extras that that, that Brickard offers you when you when again you uh, you get a generator, a generic generator through them. Uh, Jason Burkhart in charge of the um, division. He does all the continuing education along with along with his crew, so they stay up with the latest on generators. Uh, and then, of course, when he comes out to your home, he's coming out to your home of business, do a consultation to educate you on your options. If you've done the if you've done the legwork already, it's going to be a pretty easy easy conversation. At that point, you just let Burkhart take care of everything, the whole process, planning permits, inspections. Burkhart's got you covered. You want a generator? Get it from Burkhart. That's again acpromise.com. Generate generators from Burkhardt. That's acpromise.com. We'll be right back. Hi, Eric Ash with celebrity chef Scott Craig of Katie. Scott, you have to be excited about Katie's expanded second floor seating and private dining rooms. Yeah, but how about my vast local sports knowledge? You know sports, but shouldn't we be talking about your award-winning Sunday brunch? I'd rather talk about the Saints and the Pels. How about your award-winning pizza or daily specials? How about them Saints? I admit you have a great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Ottawa. Southern Tire, family-owned and operated since 1972. Southern Tire is your one-stop shop for quality auto repairs and the best deals on tires. We offer a large selection of tires that will fit your budget no matter what you drive. In the market for a new set of wheels, at Southern Tire, we are your wheel experts. Choose from our large selection of wheels and tires up to 30 inches. Financing available. Hickory and Airline in Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Oceana Grill, bourbon at Conti in the French Quarter. Voted top 10 U.S. restaurant for everyday dining by TripAdvisor. Open seven days a week, home in New Orleans' best breakfast. There's something for everyone on our menu. Serving Cajun Creole dishes that will delight for lunch and dinner. Fantastic cocktails that will amaze. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter courtyard. We have five private rooms that can accommodate from 10 to 120 guests for dining or your next event. Oceana Grill is family friendly, but perfect for an incredible dining experience with friends or that special someone. Order online for delivery at Oceanagrill.com. Oceana Grill is the best time off Bourbon Street. If you ever have any problems with your air conditioner heating system, you want someone who will be there to help right away. Take it from me, Eric Asher. When it comes to repair, there's no one I trust more than my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Burkhardt provides emergency repairs for any brand of cooling and heating system, and you can call them anytime. The team has years of experience, and they know how to get you up and running fast. So when you need help with your AC or heating system, you want someone who will be there right away. Visit Burkhardt at acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com, and tell them Eric sent you. I'm here with my good friend Mike Delahousie of the TikTok Cafe. What you say there, Eric? Hey, did I ever tell you have like the perfect face for radio? No, Mike. Did I ever tell you that you have the perfect 24-hour diner? Hey, bud. No, as a matter of fact, you haven't. That's because you don't. Come on, man. You know that ain't nice. And uh, neither is your help. Oh, man. And why do you eat here so often? Well, my wife says that I'm a glutton for punishment. The TikTok Cafe, where the video poker is always hot, 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 Causeway and I-10, better known as the intersection of E. coli and salmonella. 
Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. This report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. When your ride fires on all cylinders, so do you. That's why Napa is on a mission to keep you in motion. With nearly 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores and over 17,000 Napa Auto Care centers, the Napa Network has everything you need to get up and go. Good afternoon. What we have is a lot of traffic right now. Eastbound I-10 flyover to the high rise, taking uh, 14 minutes, an eight-minute delay. Uh, looks like eastbound 610 from the split in Metairie across the high rise, 17 minutes right now. Uh, westbound I-10, report of an accident at I-610. Uh, westbound I-10 downtown to Kenner is taking about 19 minutes. So your delay is about five minutes. Mercedes Boulevard to Gallatin Street, a crash. Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service traffic center welcome back to inside new orleans we wrap up our number one uh, i want to thank uh, sean burst jr of wlae tv and also maddie hudak of tulane silent reporter for joining us on the program less east of crestedysports.com will join us at 5 35 i'm eric asher don't move be excited about Katie's expanded second floor seating and private dining rooms. Yeah, but how about my vast local sports knowledge? You know sports, but shouldn't we be talking about your award-winning Sunday brunch? I'd rather talk about the Saints and the Pels. How about your award-winning pizza or daily specials? How about them Saints? I admit you have a great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Opelie.
We're gonna be here all day. We're gonna be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. our man, Eric Asher. Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. I am your host, Eric Asher, 106.1 FM on your radio dial. Don't forget iHeartRadio app, tune in radio up our digital platforms. NashFM1061.com and EricAsher.com on the World Wide Web. Also, uh, at Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, now X. Also, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram, and also now on Threads. Our podcast is everywhere. Anchor, Spotify, our home base on all podcasting platforms. And join us this week for the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports. We will feature um, Juan Kincaid, sports director over at Fox 8 Sports. Uh, he'll join us this Thursday at 1 o'clock on WLAE-TV, also live streaming on the WLAE-TV YouTube page. Uh, and then here come the rebroadcast. Set your DVR for your favorite slot. And you'll never miss the show. 6 p.m. on LAE TV on Thursday night, 10 o'clock on The Deuce. That's WLA TV 2. Friday night, 9 o'clock, Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock on LAE. Saturday morning at 2 a.m. on The Deuce. Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television. Uh, always at EricAnster.com and always on the WLA TV YouTube page. Les East will be our guest at 535. We'll talk some Saints with him. Might may touch on Tulane and also the um, uh, the Tigers, uh, but that'll happen at 535. But I'll tell you what, David Aldridge doesn't think much of the uh, Pelicans offseason. He has them as the 23rd uh, best team in terms of what they did in the offseason this year. Uh, of course, why would you? You added Cody Zeller. <sighs> yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, Cody Zeller. Give me a break. Uh, Jordan Hawkins is, could be a really good player, but he's going to take some time to, to uh, get acclimated to the NBA. Um, and uh, not much um, uh, not much faith in what they did in the offseason. And they didn't do much. I mean, they're trying to come back with the same team. But the big issue is now, uh, the big thing that everybody's watching is Zion Williamson. And, and, and so far, so good. I mean, the Pelicans put out the pictures the other day. I talked about it yesterday. I was very hesitant to come on this program last week when the pictures first dropped uh, of, of a Zion Williamson who is cut. A Zion Williamson who is, I mean, you could see he has lost his baby fat. He's Again, he's muscular. Um, he's a different guy. Now, again, I mentioned this yesterday. Again, <laughs> you know, that was the first step. Because he has wasted the first four years of, of, his, um, of his pro career because he hasn't been willing to stay in shape. And that's all on Zion, right? Uh, you can say, oh, the injuries. Well, the injuries, again, in some cases can happen because you're not in shape. Uh, and it's a different game than AU, than college, when you get into the pros and you're playing against the best in the world. Now, Zion's in shape. So hopefully that means that he's going to have, a, again, an injury-free season, or if he is injured, he can come back quicker and won't fall out of shape. Obviously, he's watching his diet. Obviously, he's in the weight room. He's running. He's doing what he's got to do to stay in shape. At 24 years old, 
uh, being a professional athlete, it shouldn't be that hard for him to do that, even with his body type. So he's putting, he's got the discipline, he's putting in the work. Now, is he putting in the work on his game? Can he step out and hit a three? Can he step out and hit a mid-range jumper? Okay, um, you know, again, is he working on his defense? These are things that I that I want to see over the last four years that he didn't do. Exceptional player, physical specimen, impossible to stop going to the rim. But you got to be able to expand your game. All the great ones do it. All the great ones have done it in the history of the game, and that's what I'm looking for out of Zion. This is the first step for him, getting himself in shape, understanding that he's got to be in shape uh, to be able to play the game at a high level. Uh, but, again, we'll see again about the, how the rest of this goes. But, but, again, it's encouraging. It's encouraging. When you see, again, the focal point of this franchise, he's got to be the guy. It's finally, it's again, having the discipline to get himself in shape. I'm going to talk about discipline when it comes to New Orleans Saints in just a minute. Marcus May pleaded no contest to a 2021 uh, DUI uh, charge in Florida today uh, the, the, uh, the, through his attorney. Uh, the plea deal includes a six-month probation, suspended driver's license um, uh, that will be also suspended for six months, 50 hours of community service. Uh, Cat Terrell of ESPN uh, wrote that there was a way that he could buy himself out of that. I've never heard of that before. Maybe it's a Florida thing. Maybe he's paying a fine. There's a civil suit that's against May right now uh, by the driver of the car that he hit. That's ongoing. Uh, now, the NFL is going to rule on the length of his suspension somewhere between, I would guess, two and, and four games. Maybe, again, he's like Camaro and end up with three. Uh, but, again, this second arrest is a saint now. I don't want to remind everybody of that, okay? Uh, the first one was the charges were refused by the J- JPSO for lack of evidence. I remember, that was in 2022. There was a road rage incident on Airline Drive. Uh, supposedly, again, um, uh, May was accused of, of waving a gun at high school girls in a car. Uh, like I said, those charges were refused because of lack of evidence by the JPSO. So uh, that opens up a hole on, on, on in the secondary right now at the safety position. We'll get into that in a moment. Uh, Saints did waive Brian Edwards as I felt they would. Uh, again, he's a veteran. He's not going to make this team. Okay, there are there are younger players that are, that, that that again have a better upside than, than than Brian Edwards. I'm not saying he can't come back down the line of the practice squad if there's injuries, uh, but right now there are other players that have moved ahead of him. And this past weekend's uh, mistakes, uh, again, uh, once again, you know, penalties could not have helped his could not have helped him. Okay, could not have helped him at all uh, going forward. So we'll see how that how that plays out. Um, Saints about made had a promotion today. Kai Harley. Again, and I would, I've said this since day one, right? As soon as Peyton went, went to Denver, what I said he was going to do, taking a bunch of Saints players. I think he's got 15 Saints players in camp, former Saints players in camp with him right now. Uh, that he was going to, when, when, it, when those contracts came up, he was going to tap into the scouting department. He was going to tap into the front office. Those guys that, again, that were part of his, uh, of his group that, that came here to New Orleans that, that built, what, the greatest, uh, 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 the, the greatest uh, time in Saints history, right? Kai Harley is now uh, goes from vice president administration to vice president administration and assistant general manager. Loomis retains his vice president and general managership. Jeff Ireland is still the vice president of uh, 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 and assistant uh, general manager uh, in charge of college personnel. Michael Parrington, who I mentioned the first time, has done a tremendous job in this offseason adding players like a Jalen Smith so late, uh, is still director of the player personnel. Let me say this about the Saints. And you've noticed I haven't said how many games I think they're going to win this year. I have not, There's no prediction as of yet. Um, I would love to be able to tell you the Saints are going to be a really good football team. 
Um, they're going to win the division and make a run in the playoffs. I'll say this right now. On paper, I think they're an improved football team. I definitely do. I think they're better, okay? Here's my hesitation in predicting 10, 11, or 12 wins for this team. It's pretty simple. It's trust. I don't know if this team can be trusted to be disciplined, okay? That, along with injury, are the two things that have held this Saints team back over the last few years. The first issue, discipline, is a huge issue, okay? We're still seeing it. We've seen it in two preseason games. Eight penalties the first game, 14 penalties the second game. A lot of those pre-snap penalties. They're an issue with this team, okay? They have been. This is not a disciplined football team. Has not been for a long time, okay? The pre-snap penalties are unacceptable. You're a professional. Hold your water. Be focused, okay? Uh, the sloppy technique that leads to them getting beat, which leads to penalties, is another issue. It's one thing to get physically beat, but it's another thing not to practice the technique that you've been that you've been uh, we've been taught that gets you beat, right? I mean, somebody's faster than you, they're bigger, they're stronger than you, and they beat you, they beat you. But you can you can counter that with technique in some cases, right? Doing the right technique. This has been an issue, whether it's been the starters or the backups. It's an issue with this team. It's a player problem. Is what it comes down to. The Saints have acquired or drafted players who, again, don't, uh, some of those don't have the mental capacity to be, de- to be disciplined. I don't know how they got this far. A lot of it, again, you know, when you're big, you're strong, you're fast, you can play the game. But you can't kill your team with penalties. And that held this, held this team back. And I don't see any difference here. Okay, I know a lot of the penalties were backup players and et cetera, but we still see our at our share in game one when when, when you saw the the the, um, the starters on there with, with again some of those guys having penalties. Have they made the transition from a disciplinary standpoint to be a team that again continues to we're, we're putting we're having self inflicted mistakes to a team that's not going to beat themselves? It's a fair question. It's a fair question. When you go back and you look, in the recent history of the New Orleans Saints and the great teams that they had, they didn't beat themselves. I can remember sitting in that press box, sitting in my season tickets, uh, in my season ticket seat, and watching this team in, in, in the heyday of the Breeze era and, 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 and knowing that they were not going to kill themselves with pre-snap penalties or penalties. That offensive line was going to be solid. They were not going to hold. And if they had to hold, it was a desperate situation so Breeze didn't get killed because they got beat. But they weren't jumping off sides. Defense, again, again, same thing. No pre- the pre-snap penalties were, were few and far between. When this was a great team, they didn't beat themselves. Okay? This returning group, has not had the focus of discipline that the previous Saints teams have had not to beat themselves. And that is that is that and, and health are the two things that are, are the are, are the things that you have to look at going into the season on whether this team can be as good as they as again as they are being advertised. Um the other thing's Dennis Allen. Can his staff demand the discipline and the focus it requires to win at a championship level in this league? They haven't done it. 
They haven't done it for three years. So how's that going to change? So how's that going to change? And, and to me, it's the key to the season, okay? Saints have upgraded the roster, but have they upgraded the football IQ on this roster? Big key. The other issue that's plagued this team is injuries, especially injuries at one position that cripples a position, okay? You don't want to be in a situation where you go so deep in the depth chart that you're pulling players from the USFL and the XFL. We're seeing that right now in preseason, aren't we? Come on. Some of these guys had to play last year as starters because you were injured. Saints have to be first with a little bit luckier than they've been in the past. But they should have some dividends being paid here, right? If it's not just lip service for their international search to figure out again how to keep Saints and Pelicans players off the injury list. Hopefully, we'll see that. And we won't see these lingering injuries that we'll see again. These, again, much like I said with Zion, if you're in good shape and you know it's a soft tissue injury that it's not that long to be able to come back from. And then the other thing is, again, didn't decimate it at one position, man. We see it all the time. A position group gets crushed. I think the Saints are solid at quarterback, running back, and tight end on offense. I said it yesterday. The backups on this offensive line are either not ready or they, don't, or they belong in the USFL, the XFL. They do not belong in an NFL roster, okay? There's a huge drop-off from the top six offensive linemen to the backups. That's a lot of, with a lot of teams, right? But the Saints are going to have to figure this out. Okay, well, Mike Parenton's done a great job in, in adding um, pro personnel. They may have to give up future draft capital if they're going for it to add a veteran offensive line or two. Uh, now, the problem is <laughs> you're talking about a position where teams don't give up quality players, right? So, again, you're going to have to get a little bit lucky here uh, and, and hope that, you know, First of all, that you get Penning. Penning can play, and he can play the left tackle position and can stay healthy. That either Hurst or Pete is healthy, and the other one is the first guy off the bench in case there's an injury. McCoy stays healthy. Ruiz continues to be able to um, progress and stays healthy. And Ryan Ramshackle, again, you feel like, again, he's playing on borrowed time, that he continues to play at a high level, and he could stay healthy. Because what's behind them is not much. Maybe Landon Young is a keeper, okay? Salivari, you're going to keep him because, because you, um, you drafted him. I'm not impressed with Norton. I'm not impressed with Garcia. Philstrom, Throckmorton, get him out of here. Lewis Kidd, give me a break. Mark Evans. The other ones, again, can start for an XFL or USFL team. They're not going to come in and help the Saints team. They're not. Uh, wide receiver on paper looks good if, Thomas, if, if Michael Thomas can stay healthy. They got young wide receivers that could be a boosted position, but I got to say this right now. We know about young wide receivers, right? What's the biggest issue? Okay. Can they get separation? Can they run the precise route, precise routes they have to run? Because remember, uh, in, in this offense, based on how you're being played, is how you're going to run that route. And the quarterback and the, and the wide receiver has to be on the same page. We like the fact that Olave has gained some muscle. He's going to be able to go after contested catches. That was his issue last year. You hope Shahid can stay healthy. Maybe he's not your punt and kick returner because, again, because of the injury during, during camp. Maybe he'll successfully you put him on the field as that weapon. A.T. Perry, 
Can, can he make the transition from college to pros and, and be a factor? Again, if you have to put him in because of injury. Kirkwood has been a vet. you got to believe that he's going to stick around. Uh, Traquan Smith, both those guys are like New Orleans Roaches. Hard to get rid of those guys. We've seen Brian Edwards waived. you got Bowden. you got Davis. you got uh, Kirkland. All young players that you want on the practice squad. Baker's available for the practice squad again. There may be a situation where if you don't feel comfortable with, again, your top six in terms of, again, youth and experience, that maybe you go get a vet that is cut and the final cut. But it comes down to Michael Thomas. Can he stay healthy? On defense, the quarterbacks are solid, okay? They appear to be, again, they appear to have upgraded the interior of the defensive line. We will find out. Now, the Saints have gone with a different type of defensive line now, right, on the interior. They used to be like to be big and stout and stop the run, right? Now they're going with more athletic guys. Okay, so when you got to go up against a big, strong, physical offensive line, how do those, young, how do those athletic guys stop the run and create pressure from the inside? That is to be determined. On paper, they look like it's an upgrade. Defensive end, got to see a huge jump for Peyton Turner. There's just no other way around it, okay? Grandison has to continue to develop. If not, they're going to have to add another, another pass rush at defensive end, okay? There's just no other, and that means, again, last cuts, bringing in some guys. They seem to be to like Peyton Turner. Peyton Turner, again, has been often injured. That has stymied his growth. But also, you can see it. I can go back in my mind's eye. I said it yesterday. Uh, Peyton Turner being just a step late. Peyton Turner getting getting blocked on uh, and then getting uh, you know smothered on, on, on runs to his side. Peyton Turner not understanding what his responsibility is on a play. Now, if, if this defensive, if if Dennis Allen is telling me all those things have been solved and he's ready to take the next step, they may, they don't have to worry about another D yet. Okay. But if not, they're going to have to bring another veteran in. No other way around it. I think Jalen Smith solidifies, uh, solidifies um, uh, your, your linebacking core now. I think it's going to be a tough cut. I, I think Connolly and Summers have really shown that they can play. Uh, they can play NFL football. Not just that. They could be quality backups for this team. Now, the, the question is when you start looking along, I mean, what do you, you know, Sewell and Jackson play special teams, okay? Um, you like Anderson and, and OJ as guys that can, that can go to your practice squad that you can develop down the line here, right? Uh, so, again, it comes down to numbers. But Jalen Smith is your third linebacker now. That may, mean, that may mean you're releasing Zach Bond when it's all said and done. We just talked about Marcus May getting suspended. So, again, what happens at the safety position? Now, you know, you got Howden, you got Abram, and you got Monday. How you feeling comfortable? Look, Abram's got some experience. Howden's got some upside. Monday was injured all last year, but had a great career at Auburn. How does that translate to the NFL? We don't know. I'll just say this you can't have JT Gray back there. Okay, JT Gray is an incredible special teams player, but I'm telling you, he is a target. You put a big target on his back if you put him in a defensive backfield, just not his deal. Okay, yeah, he's coming up with some plays here and there. For the most part, he's getting burned. So that's a question. Howden, Abram, Monday, who's stepping in for May when he is suspended? They have solved that problem on the offense with the running back with Mark, with um, with Alvin Kamara going out for three games. Okay, they've added Darrell Williams to mix. Merriweather looks like he's at least a keeper on the spot on the practice squad. Kurt Merrick could be a guy that's going to be back and forth in the practice squad all year long. Okay, you got Miller and Williams, uh, uh, Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller. So if you, if you got to go into the season with Darrell Williams, Jamal Williams, and, and Kendra Miller, you feel pretty good about that about that position. I don't know if you feel that good with again, um, with with Howden 
or, or Abram or, 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 or Monday starting next Iron Matthew. Only time will tell. Again, that may be another position that they have to look at uh, when, when the final cuts come down and bring in a veteran that can backstop the position. So to me, as I wrap it up, there are still some holes on this team. Let's not pretend there's not. And the biggest problem with this team is, is not, it's not the upgraded roster because they've upgraded the roster. We see it. It's evident. Okay? It's a, have you upgraded the roster with smart football players, with disciplined football players that can carry over to the rest of the, of the team? You know, it started with Breeze when Breeze was here. And Breeze set the standard, right? Cam Jordan on, 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 the, on the defensive side in a lot of cases. Before that, it was Jonathan Vilma, right? They, they, again, insisted upon, again, disciplined play, not beating yourself. And that permeated throughout the locker room, that type of leadership. It also started with the head coach in which, again, he put the fear of God in you. If you messed up with a pre-stat penalty, blew up an assignment, you got the wrath of Peyton coming to the sidelines, and nobody wanted the wrath of Peyton. They would run to the other side of the, uh, of the, uh, of the bench not to have to pass him on the sidelines, right? And then when he came to find you, you knew you were getting the wrath of Peyton. I go back to what I said yesterday, Charles Brown. I've seen enough, right? Remember that? Saints got to be more disciplined. Saints got to have a higher football IQ. Saints cannot beat themselves. Or, or then this is, going to be a, this is going to be a division that's going to be up for grabs. On paper, the Saints are the best team in the division. On paper, they've upgraded their roster. On, on paper, you feel like, again, they're better at quarterback. I go, I go boom, 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 where they're better at. But you tell me that, again, that they're better between the years. If they're more disciplined, then I'll tell you they've got a chance to go to the playoffs. I'll tell you they've got a chance to win 10, 11, or 12 games. If they don't, if they're not disciplined, if they don't stay healthy, then I'm not sure what this team's going to do. Because remember, they're all in on this season, right? I mean, they went and got Derek Carr. They're all in. They, they, they're not going to, uh, under Mickey Loomis, they're not going to try to, re, they're not going to try to again uh, rebuild. They want to reload. It's going to come down to discipline and health in addition to filling a couple holes that are left on this roster. All right, you're listening to Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher. Thanks so much for being there for us today. Um, I want to remind everybody about my friends over Dave Miet Insurance. Uh, that's, uh, I don't care where you live within the sound of my voice. That's North Shore, South Shore, East Bank, West Bank. That is also, again, the River Parishes where the, where the business was born in 1958. A full-service independent insurance agency that searches over 50 companies to get you the best price for your insurance. Uh, if you're looking for a company that has your back when it comes to filing a claim that will actually, again, actually cares, that's Dave Miet Insurance, uh, that will give you the information you need so that you can fulfill that claim so you can get paid from your insurance company. And, of course, again, uh, uh, there for you. D-A-V-E-M-I-L-O-E-T-I-N-S agency.com is the website. 504-556-0809 is the phone number. Uh, I trust Dave Miette with my insurance coverage. We literally moved all of our insurance to Dave, Dave Miette, okay? Uh, because of, again, what, what he has done for us as, as, as an insurance agent. Uh, you know, when we had to file a claim for Ida, he was right there with us every step of the way. Every step of the way, believe me, it, I had to jump some hurdles. But he was there every step of the way. You want that kind of service? It's Dave Mann Insurance, 504-556-0809 or D-A-V-E-M-I-L-O-E-T-I-N-S-A-N-C.com. Let's see this next. I'm Eric Asher. Don't move. New Orleans, the North Shore, and worldwide at NashFM1061.com. Country for life. 1061 Nash Icon. 
This report is sponsored by Vicks Dayquil Severe. When I get a cold, I get all the symptoms. <coughs> so I use Vicks Dayquil Severe. Just one dose starts working fast to relieve nine of your worst cold and flu symptoms. Power through with Dayquil Severe, the daytime coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, nine to none medicine. Use as directed. Good afternoon. I-10 eastbound between uh, 610 and Downman. We're seeing slow traffic. Legion Fields to the high rise on eastbound. I-10 is about nine minutes and flyover to the high rise is taking in 15 minutes, a nine-minute delay. Uh, high rise to the twin spans, 13 minutes and no delays across that area right now. Holiday Drive at MacArthur Boulevard, working an accident. Uh, Chef Montour at Bullard Avenue, crash working secondaries as well. Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. Traffic is brought to you by DA Exterminating. Proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years. Don't let this happen to your largest investment. Call DA Exterminating now. Ready and waiting to protect your home from potential disaster called termites. Call DA now or visit us on the web at daexterminating.com. On the East Bank and West Bank, from the lake to the Gulf, the men and women of the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office keep our parish safe. Some are on the beat, others behind the scenes ensuring the safety of our community. JPSO is now looking for correctional officers and 911 dispatchers. Your community's calling. Answer the call. Visit JPSOjobs.com for the complete benefits package and salary. Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue. Open seven days a week, offering a creative menu of all your New Orleans favorites. Fresh Louisiana seafood, great sandwiches, soups, salads, daily specials, and a Sunday brunch. Contemporary Creole cuisine, great southern dishes. Check out our menu online at BienvenueHarahan.com. Dine indoors or outdoors? Place your order or inquire about catering at 504-305-4792. That's Bienvenue on Hickory, 467 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. Sportsbeat is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring two, count them, two steak nights. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice filets. Friday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice ribeyes. Private room available. Sportsbeat is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sportsbeat Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, delicious food, friendly staff, and all the sports you can have. If you ever have any problems with your air conditioner heating system, you want someone who will be there to help right away. Take it from me, Eric Asher. When it comes to repair, there's no one I trust more than my friends at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. Burkhardt provides emergency repairs for any brand of cooling and heating system, and you can call them anytime. The team has years of experience, and they know how to get you up and running fast. So when you need help with your AC or heating system, you want someone who will be there right away. Visit Burkhardt at acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com, and tell them Eric sent you. Oceana Grill, Bourbon and Conti in the French Quarter. Voted top 10 U.S. restaurant for everyday dining by TripAdvisor. Open seven days a week, home in New Orleans' best breakfast. There's something for everyone on our menu. Serving Cajun Creole dishes that will delight for lunch and dinner. Fantastic cocktails that will amaze. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter courtyard. We have five private rooms that can accommodate from 10 to 120 guests for dining or your next event. Oceana Grill is family friendly, but perfect for an incredible dining experience with friends or that special someone. Order online for delivery at Oceanagrill.com. Oceana Grill is the best time off Bourbon Street. Who doesn't like the game of volleyball? If you do, join me this season at the Human Performance Center to watch the most exciting team in the Southland Conference. Go to unoprivateers.com to get your tickets today. 
Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6. Don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt. If you're looking for a generator, Burkhardt's got you covered. Generac generators in stock right now, ready to be installed in your home or business. At Burkhardt, they offer you a new and quali- new install quality check after one month. You can finance that generator over time. Their, uh, their, their team takes care of everything for you. Planning, permits, inspection. Their de- dedicated generator team takes care of everything. After your install, again, you'll be offered an emergency service, also a maintenance service to, to again, maintain that generator for you all year long. Again, you have to maintain that like a car engine. They have a, they have a warehouse, not only just fully stocked with all the generators you need, but all the parts you need for that generator. And then, of course, they're experts when it comes to installing that generator for you and doing it safely. Uh, Burkhardt Air Conditioning Heating Generator Service. Increase your property value. Have that peace of mind of knowing that when the power goes out in your neighborhood, your power stays on. If there is a tropical event and you want to stay, again, you'll have power. If they have a tropical event and you have to evacuate and you, you can come back quicker. So many reasons why, again, you make the investment if you own a business or a home now in a Generac generator for Burkhardt. That's acpromise.com. I'll say it again. Best investment I've made since we bought our home is a, is a Generac generator from Burkhardt. That's acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. All right. Accomplished author and, of course, award-winning journalist Les East of CrestedySports.com, Saturday Down South, is our guest. Les, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Eric. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Thank you for joining us, as always. Always look forward to our conversation. Before we get started, tell the folks about the book and, of course, where folks can find all your fabulous writing. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Uh, the book is called Donkeys, Elephants, and Giraffes. It's a uh, political novel with some uh, sports overtones or undertones. Uh, you can find it on all of the major online platforms, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, etc., or just Google uh, the title Donkeys, Elephants, and Giraffes, and it'll, it will come up. Uh, folks can uh, find me at CrescentCitySports.com, where I cover a little bit of everything, uh, primarily Saints right now, but I'll have some uh, Tulane and LSU stuff coming up in the next week. And uh, SaturdayDownSouth.com, I cover LSU and Mississippi State uh, for that website, and we're also uh, kicking into high gear there with, uh, of course, the start of the college football season now upon us. Yep, no doubt. Um, well, before I talk Saints, um, I, I got to tell you, um, looking at the photos of, of Zion Williamson, I'm sure you've seen this at this point, and I even mentioned the audience, I was afraid to even talk about it last because I thought it might have been photoshopped, right? Once the Pelicans released, the, released those photos, uh, it makes me feel a little bit better about this upcoming season that Zion seems to be disciplined and working on his body. Uh, the question is, has he worked on his game? But that's a good first step for, for this for this uh, franchise. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, you know, we've talked before about how important this year is for, for Zion and for the Pelicans, and uh, he has to, first of all, he's got to get healthy, and he's got a better chance of staying healthy if he's in good shape and working out regularly. And uh, I think in doing so, he's also working on his game. So if he's in top flight condition, which he hasn't always been, and he's healthy enough to stay in that condition and work on his game, then I think he has an opportunity to be an elite player in the NBA. And we haven't seen a lot of that because of the time missed. And yet there have been times when he's been on the court where he has been 
remarkably good. So, you know, we'll see how this translates in, in October, but so far, so good. Yep, so far, so good. And, and, and again, I think if you're a Pelicans fan, you've got to be encouraged by that, right? I mean, that's just the first thing. You know, him coming into the season healthy, in, in shape. And, of course, if there is an injury, staying in shape going forward. So, hopefully, again, we'll, we'll see that. Marcus May pleaded no contest today to the DUI charge in Florida. He got a six-month probation, suspended license, 50 hours of community service. Civil suit is ongoing. Uh, NFL is now going to rule on this. My guess is it'll be along the same lines of Alvin Kamara between between two and four games. What do you anticipate? Yeah, my guess is it would be slightly less than Alvin got, which would mean one or two games. Although if the uh, civil suit still hasn't been settled, I, I don't know if that would impact the timing or not. But the fact that uh, the criminal case has run its course could lead to a resolution uh, you know, I, I thought Alvin would get more than he did. So uh, the fact that I think Marcus might get a little bit less doesn't really mean a whole lot. Well, we'll see what happens. But nonetheless, I wouldn't expect his suspension to be of uh, a significant duration. With that said, who steps in uh, for uh, for Marcus May now? Uh, you know, you got Howden, you got Abram, you got Smoke Monday, J.T. Gray. And the guys that have been that have been um, uh, involved in second, third team now, and maybe got some first team reps. Who's the next guy up? Well, you know, I, I think that can change between now and the opener, assuming the suspension goes in, into effect before the opener. But I, I would think at this point the, the favorite would be Howden, even though he's a rookie. He uh, played a lot of football in college, played well. He's proven to be a very quick study uh during the off-season program mini camp and uh, OTAs and now training camp in the preseason. So uh I think they like what they've seen from him. I don't think they would hesitate to put him out there as a rookie. And yet I I think the group you mentioned is still uh bundled together pretty well and that, and that could change here between now and um September 10th. Um Smoke Monday was not at practice today but Dennis Allen said that was for a personal reason, so his his availability uh, is not in question because of that absence. Brian Edwards was waived today by the Saints. Last week it was James Washington. Both veteran receivers were thought to be, again, part of the mix here. A lot of that has to do, again, with, again, some of the younger players really playing well for this team. A.T. Perry, we saw uh, Shaquan Davis over the weekend playing well. Kirkland uh, from LSU, Bowden from Kentucky have both proved they can do pump returns, kick returns, and also uh, be receivers. They, they like Quan Baker, uh, their draft pick, and it's, again, like, it's like a New Orleans roach with Kirkwood and, 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 and Traquan Smith. You can't get rid of them. How do you think this uh, wide receiver uh, group now, this room fares out with, again, the uh, thinning of the group now with two, two veterans being, being cut? Yeah, it's uh, you know still going to be one of the tighter competitions between now and the, and the cut down a week from today. Uh, I, I think you'd touch on all the principal players. I, I would say that if you told me before training camp uh, that uh, James Washington and Brian Edwards would be out of here with a week to go in training camp. 
Uh, I would have been a little bit surprised, but given the way training camp and the preseason has gone for a lot of these young guys, it's not surprising to me. At this point, I think A.T. Perry has been extremely impressive, especially in the two preseason games. Jack Davis has made a lot of plays in practice and the preseason games. He talked after practice today and was a really impressive uh, guy. He's also a very big target, just like Perry is. Bowden uh, certainly has the kick return ability to keep him uh, in the mix. They held him out of practice today because he had a groin injury going into Sunday's game, but that doesn't appear to be anything of concern. So, you know, I think if Traquan Smith uh, gets healthy, I think he's got a good shot to make the roster again because of his blocking ability. And certainly at the top of the depth chart, you're going to have Mike Thomas and you're going to have Chris Olave and you're going to have Rashid Shahid once he gets healthy. So those first three or four spots, I think, are locked in. And then it's a real scrum to get the last two or three spots. And that's I don't think that's because the veterans who have been released uh, failed so much as it is a lot of these young guys are just really good. And the Saints feel confident that uh, – Whoever survives the cut will be able to contribute, and so they want to be able to take a closer look at them uh, on Sunday in the preseason finale and and get a better handle on them. Easy to play to pay that rookie minimum than that veteran minimum as well. So again, you got upside with the young, with the youth, and then of course, you know, when you look at it from salary cap, salary cap ramifications, obviously, again, a little easier to pay those guys than to pay those veterans. Uh, good news out from uh, out of Saints camp today uh, about Jimmy Graham uh, and, and Dennis Allen announced today. I know you were there. Why don't you go ahead and let the audience know? Yeah, it seems to be encouraging about the the medical episode that he had in Los Angeles uh, a few days ago. Uh, Dennis Allen said that uh, he's doing well, he's going to be fine. Uh, It's conceivable that he could even be on the practice field as soon as tomorrow. That's certainly not guaranteed, but the fact that that's even a possibility at this point suggests that the evaluation and the testing uh, prove that this is something that's uh, either behind him or something that's going to be a manageable going forward. Dennis Allen didn't want to get into uh, medical details of exactly what the condition is, uh, but the fact that they, they think he could be back at work as soon as tomorrow is extremely encouraging, and um, so we'll, we'll see where it goes from here. Let's, um, do, do you have him, do you have him making the team right now? I mean, again, when I look at the at the at the tight end position, uh, Johnson, Morrow, you know, Hill's a jack of all trades, and I don't know how much his work he's going to get at the tight end position, you know. But before Graham was signed, I was looking at Jesse James and Lewis Crow. I still think that Crow could make the practice squad, you know, based off again, you know, the, his upside. Even though dropping those passes really hurt him, they brought back JP Holtzman, a guy's been on and off the roster. But Jimmy Graham brings them, something to them in the red zone that. that again could be a real weapon for them and, and you know he may be a guy that, again that's only playing a few snaps here and there but i think he could be a guy that can make the team you've seen him in practice okay what are your thoughts is he still having something left in the tank is he a guy they could have special plays for down in the red zone do you think he'll make the team well i think he can make the team in a limited role when they signed him i i figured his chances of making the team were probably in the 50-50 range. I'm not sure that's changed appreciably. Obviously, what what happened the other night and, and the still somewhat of an uncertainty about 
his health going forward until we see what he's able to do on the field is a little bit of a wild card, but it seems like that he's going to be able to put that behind him. I don't think Lucas Crowell helped himself on Sunday in terms of making the roster. I agree he could still be a practice roster uh, candidate, but they're probably going to keep four tight ends because of the unique role that Taysom Hill has, and, and Morrow and Johnson are going to be the first two. So that leaves everybody else fighting for one spot. I don't think Jesse James has really distinguished himself. And uh, so we'll see where it goes from here. I think Jimmy's got, again, about a 50-50 shot of making it because of his ability to be a leader and a positive influence on younger players, as well as being a unique target in the red zone. One of the more frustrating things over the last few years has been the injuries, especially injuries that, again, that attack one position group. The Saints have said, like the Pelicans have said, they've done everything they can in the offseason to curtail that. The other thing is something that is controllable, and that's discipline. And that's the penalties and, 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 and the pre-snap penalties and, and the blown assignments that we've seen. And I talked about this in my monologue a little bit earlier, Les, that, again, you go back at your mind's eye and you look at the Peyton Breeze here and you look at, again, the great teams that were the New Orleans had, and you knew as a fan or as a journalist covering the team that this team was not going to beat themselves. They weren't going to have the pre-snap penalties. They were going to hold their water. They weren't going to make the stupid penalties, again, because their technique was bad. Again, if they were going to get beat, they were going to get beat. But, again, they weren't going to beat themselves. This team, and I'm saying that, again, this team, uh, you know, even though it's a new team, but even the carryovers over the last three years have been a very undisciplined bunch. What have you seen in training camp? Because, again, eight penalties first week, 14 penalties second week. Yeah, you can say it's a lot of backups, but it is what it is. It just seems that this team is not a very disciplined team. Have they been disciplined, especially those guys that we know that you're going to have to count on the regular season, have they been disciplined in training camp? Yeah, I think for the most part, I would say that the lack of discipline has probably shown up more in these first two preseason games than it has shown up on a daily basis in practice. And so that's a little bit encouraging. I mean, Dennis Allen said today that, you know, the pre-snap penalties are unacceptable and that's something that they're really focused on, on trying to prevent. And, uh, you know, I don't think we can really judge this until they've played two or three regular season games because they're changing so many combinations in there. And I'm thinking more specifically about the offensive line right now. You have different quarterbacks in there with different linemen, different groups of linemen working together. And and the lack of familiarity uh, when you get into game conditions can lead to some problems that might not be there once you have a stable group out there in the regular season. The other concern is the DBs getting a lot of penalties for the way they use their hands, which was a problem last year, and it was a big problem on Sunday against the Chargers. Again, I think the the refs are probably calling that a little bit closer in the preseason to try and let these guys know where the line is. So it's definitely a concern because it was a problem last year, and it's been a problem the first two games, especially against the Chargers. But at the same time, I don't think that's something you can really read a whole lot into until you see the top players playing together in real games. Jalen Smith, 
talk about his addition. I think he solidifies the linebacker spot. I felt like they had to go get a veteran. I don't know where Zach Bond's position is on this team. They don't really rush the linebackers a lot. Uh, and, and then you look at the other players, you know, uh, Sewell and Jackson. Those are practice, Those are guys that are, are, are special teams players more or less. And, you know, the other two, Orgy and, and Anderson, are guys that, uh, again, you hope will be on your practice squad. What he did last week, what he's done in his career, I, I feel so much better about the linebacker position right now. How about you? Yeah, I, I think it's better. They, you know, we've been waiting really since the spring to see them address the linebacker depth with a veteran player. And, uh, you know, I think they finally did that um, with Jalen Smith. And uh, he, he got off to a great start the other night against the Chargers, played really well in the, uh, in the first quarter. And Dennis Allen said less than two weeks ago, he said that um, – you know, he wasn't sure sure who the third off-the-ball linebacker was after Demario Davis and Pete Werner. Zach Bond is a traditional Sam linebacker who I think will get a lot of snaps when they're in the base defense, which they don't do a whole lot. But I, I think with Smith, they may have found their, uh, their third off-the-ball linebacker, although Dennis Allen did make an interesting point today when he said that it's going to be up to him to – prove he can be a contributor on special teams, which is not something he's generally been asked to do a lot. So he's right. going to have to accept that challenge and uh, and do well with it in order to make the roster. But I would say he's off to a very good start in, in earning that, that extra spot at linebacker. Yeah, that's not something a former pro bowler does a lot. Only got a few minutes left. I do want to ask you about Connolly and, and Summers. I've been impressed with Connolly, man. I know he's only got second-team players, but he's a savvy veteran. Well, he is. I think he probably played a little better in the first game than the second, but uh, he's going to miss some time. Um, that was one injury Dennis Allen mentioned today, that uh, he has a knee injury that Allen called fairly significant and that it would cost him some time. And for the most part, Allen has said virtually all of the injuries thus far in training camp, um, except for the one that Trey Turner uh, have been something that doesn't concern him, that these are all short-term issues. That's not the case with Connolly. Uh, they're still evaluating just how bad the injury is, but it's something that's going to set him back uh, for the, at least for the short term. So that, that's unfortunate for him because I think he had shown an ability to be in the mix, but that, that's yeah, kind of up in the air right now. No doubt. Les, thanks for the time, as always, my friend. I always look forward to the opportunity to have you on TV or radio with me. Um, if you would, tell the folks about how folks can follow you on social media, how they can check out your book, and, again, where they can catch all, the, all, all your award-winning writing. Uh, thanks, Eric. Uh, donkeys, elephants, and giraffes. Kind of find it on the uh, Internet. And uh, also uh, CrescentCitySports.com, SaturdayDownSouth.com. And I'm on Facebook. And I am on X and Twitter, X. at least for the time being, although I'm getting right. more and more frustrated with these changes. But nonetheless, for the time yeah. being, I'm at less underscore East, and hopefully I will uh, learn to adapt to change. I, I'm with you. I, I, I was I was on it this weekend, and, and and the same stuff kept coming up, and I'm like, okay, where's where's the content that we used to have? Uh, it, it really has, has taken a, a nosedive uh, in, in terms of, again, the ability to utilize that as a tool.
All right, Les, thanks so much for the time. We certainly appreciate it as always, bud. Thanks, Eric. All right, that's Les East of uh, com, uh, and, of course, Saturday Down South. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, Eric Ash with celebrity chef Scott Craig of Katie. Scott, you have to be excited about Katie's expanded second floor seating and private dining rooms. Yeah, but how about my vast local sports knowledge? You know sports, but shouldn't we be talking about your award-winning Sunday brunch? I'd rather talk about the Saints and the Pels. How about your award-winning pizza or daily specials? How about them Saints? I admit you have a great take on local sports, but what about Katie's award-winning menu? Okay, folks, I invite you to dine at Katie's. Eric and I don't have to brag about the food at Katie's. The food speaks for itself. Katie's open seven days a week in the heart of Mid-City at 3701 Ottawa. Contractors, tired of the runaround when you need an insurance quote? At Dave Mead Insurance, we are an independent insurance agency, so we make it easy to get that quote for your next job. We offer general liability, workman's comp, automobile and property insurance, and we will search over 50 insurance companies to get the right policy at the best price. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or DaveMeadInsAgency.com. Come join us at Old New Orleans Cookery, 205 Bourbon Street. Open late, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Have an extraordinary cocktail while enjoying authentic Cajun Creole cuisine in our dining rooms or our beautiful courtyard. Two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining private rooms to dine in or have your next event. Bring your family or friends for a wonderful dining experience. Old New Orleans Cookery is perfect for date night. Order online for delivery at nolacookery.com. It's always a great time on Bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery. Are you looking to add more ground clearance or enjoying your terrains? Or you want to improve the ride quality and hauling capacity of your car, truck, or SUV? Then Southern Tire has the answer. We are your lift and leveling kit experts. If you enjoy going off-road, Southern Tire has the lift kit for your vehicle. Our suspension lift kits will increase ground clearance and the performance of your vehicle. Hickory and Airline and Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Hi, folks. Trust is what Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating is all about. Take it from me, Eric Asher. If your AC ever fails, you can trust Burkhart to be there quick get you back up and running. If you need a new AC, trust Burkhart to treat you with respect to help you save with a fair price and do the job right. As my good friend John Burkhart always says, trust is the foundation of our business. Just ask our customers. For air conditioning this season, trust Burkhart. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. And tell them Eric sent you. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. This report is sponsored by Indeed.com. Dog days of summer got your business needing help? Check out Indeed, an all-in-one hiring solution that makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. All right, good afternoon. See it at slow on the eastbound side of the Crescent City Connection. Lafayette to the I-10 merge has taken about 17 minutes. Eastbound I-10 Elysian Fields of the high-rise 14 minutes and 11-minute delay. Slower traffic eastbound I-10 flyover to the high-rise taking about 18 minutes, a 12-minute delay there. Westbound Crescent City Connection from the I-10 split to Terry Parkway, 13-minute ride. Accident on the secondary St. Charles at Napoleon and 
Earhart at Washington, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. All right, folks, that's it for me. Thanks so much for tuning in, as always. Certainly appreciate it. Don't forget, Wonka K joins me in the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports this week. And I want to thank uh, Sean Burst Jr. of WLAE-TV, former Tiger, uh, giving us his take on what he saw so far in practice at LSU. Matty Hudak, uh, Tulane sideline reporter, host of Before the Whistle podcast, and also Les East, award-winning journalist and author, joining us from CrestedCitySports.com here on the program today. Jude Young is up next with his fantastic program. I wouldn't move. <laughs> Always great sports talk with Jude. And then, of course, I want to th- thank Rudy back at studio. All the sponsors sponsor our program. Every single one of those sponsors can be found at ericasher.com. There's a slideshow of the sponsors that sponsor our show. Click on the icon of your favorite sponsor. It'll take you right to their website. Everything you need to know about those sponsors right there at ericasher.com. Thank you so much for listening. Certainly appreciate you tuning into the program. Podcast will be up by 30 minutes after the program ends. We'll see you tomorrow straight up 4 o'clock for another edition of Inside New Orleans. I'm Eric Asher. Thanks for listening. From the dog catching the government, that includes the man. They all got to go. <laughs>